based on what we're going through as a church, and uh, I thought it would be nice for all of us to sort of be talking about and, and, and thinking about the same things for the next couple of weeks at least. And so for the next couple of weeks, we're going to be going through John chapter 15 and talking about themes of unity, talking about themes of going forward together um, based on the words from Jesus to his disciples. So you'll see here uh, in your handout, we're going to be tonight starting with John chapter 15, verses 1 to 4. So please follow along in your handout, or if you have your Bible open, of course, you're welcome to do so. So, John chapter 15, verses 1 to 4. Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. This too is the word of the Lord. Uh, As I said, we'll be going through John 15 the next couple of weeks. And I wanted to start here with just the first four verses. Um, It's been an interesting few days. Um, Some of you just heard this news tonight. Some of you read it last night. Some of you, I don't know. Um... If you ask our council, if you ask um, me from the conversations I've had today, some people are really sad. Some people are really angry. Some people are disappointed. Some people are frustrated. Some people are curious what, what in the world's going on. Uh, many of you probably have lots of questions and feelings about what's going on. And, and let me just say this, that um, you know, one of the things actually I learned from my wife, uh, many of you know Jenna, she's phenomenal, one of the things I learned, about, or learned from Jenna, they had this line in their family growing up that no one can argue with how you feel, right? Um, no one can ever argue with how you feel. If, if you're in a relationship with someone and you say, I'm angry, and they say to you, no, you're not, it's a good way to start a fight in that relationship, right? Um, no one can argue with how you feel. But the important thing what we need to know, what I would argue for, especially for Christians, that is of supreme importance is what do we do with those feelings? We can feel, we can think, but what do we do? What is our action that goes out from that? You know, today is Pentecost. We get a nice day off tomorrow, it's a nice reminder, you know, spring in Christian Europe. It's like we never have to go to work, it's great. Um, We had Ascension last week. We get a holiday tomorrow for Pentecost. And we're all thinking about different things. You know, we all have different stuff on our minds. So tonight, and and this is the same word I shared this morning, um, this is really, this sermon is a little bit about my own personal um, processing I'm going through right now. And so um, I hope it's helpful to you. You know, I've been thinking a lot about the Trinity lately. I don't know how much time you ever spend thinking about the Trinity, the triune God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, three gods, one person, equal in existence and power, yet different. Um, But it's kind of a big thought, right? And for whatever reason, this has come up a lot in my life recently. It's come up a lot in books I've been reading. It's come up a lot in podcasts I listen to. It's come up in my confirmation class. I'm teaching with the youth here just last week. The last two weeks, we've talked about the Trinity and all of the things behind that and how we can understand it. And even in my son's favorite Bible story right now that he wants us to read like every night, 
is the story of the creation, and it talks about the Trinity, which I'll get to in a minute. So tonight we have, I, I, I just frame it that way so that we can all kind of be on the same page. We have Pentecost happening today. We have all these feelings based on what's happening in the church. And then we also have this passage in John 15. Um, so let's look at these things and how they fit together. I think they do. Maybe you disagree. I think they do. So let's look at this. In, in, in this passage in John, we'll start with that. In this passage in John, Jesus has two chapters previous in John 13, washed the disciples' feet, if you remember that famous story. This is the night before Jesus was crucified. In John 14, Jesus has promised his disciples, I'm going to prepare a place for you, right? And then now in John 15, he promised, or he tells them this. He says in verse 1, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. If you want to make a note, you can look up Isaiah chapter 5. This is the same imagery uh, the prophet Isaiah uses when talking to the people of Judah and Israel, that they are like a vine that has stopped producing fruit and that God is going to cut them and prune them. Jesus draws on familiar language for the disciples that they would have been aware of, as we know that throughout the Gospels, Jesus uses agricultural analogies. And he says, so listen, I am the vine and my father is the gardener. We're on the same team here. We want to bear fruit, okay? And he says in verse 2 that the, the, the gardener cuts off every branch that bears no fruit. Now, immediately, our fear is that, uh-oh, what if I'm not bearing fruit, right? Um, let me calm your fears. I don't believe that's what this passage is actually saying, that if you don't bear fruit in your life, God is going to cut you off and throw you out. What this passage is actually talking about, and that many translators agree, that it's not necessarily about cutting off branches, but what this passage is talking about is that he wants, for branches that don't bear fruit, he actually wants to, the gardener wants to train up these branches. That these branches are dirty, they're resting in the dirt, they're not growing anything because they've been neglected. Or because they're not in a position to grow fruit. And what this actually, I think, and many translators would agree, that this might also be translated that rather cuts off every branch that bears no fruit. That he would rather train and heal and lift up branches that bear no fruit. And we're going to see what I mean by that in a second. But, so let me encourage you that, that as long as you are still connected to the vine, as long as you are still connected to the Lord Jesus Christ, the scriptures teach us that God's design for us is to bear fruit. And that the gardener, our Father in heaven, comes along and trains us in the way we should go. And then for those of us that are bearing fruit, there is pruning, there is care, there is help so that we could bear more fruit. And he says, and this is what I mean about cleaning those vines and pulling them up out of the dirt, he says in verse 3, you are already clean because of the word I've already spoken to you. He's referencing what he just said. See, the father takes those vines that aren't producing fruit that are sitting in the dirt, or those branches rather, and picks them up out of the dirt. The gardener cleans and, and, and cares for those vines, and he's saying to the disciples, you are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. The disciples... For them, the work had already begun. The, the, the kingdom of God was at hand. And because of the teachings of Jesus, and because of the discipleship of Jesus, they were branches connected to the vine, that is Jesus, that were beginning to bear fruit. This is like a mutual abiding, he says in verse 4, then, remain in me, and I will also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain or abide. I like that word better. 
in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you abide or remain in me. Jesus is telling his disciples, hey, me and the Father are together in this. Our mission is the same. And if you abide in me, if you remain with me, if you, can, if you stay connected to me, even though you may not be bearing fruit, even though you may be lying in the dirt, the Father will come along and train us up so that we all might bear fruit together. The question for you and I when we think about this analogy is, will we remain connected to Jesus? Because when we think about the future of IPC and we think about the future together, the only way in any future, take, take IPC out of the equation, the only way you will remain going forward and bearing fruit in this world is by remaining connected to Jesus. And one of the things we have to remember is, as I said, today is Pentecost, the day we celebrate the giving of the Holy Spirit, the part of the triune God that lives and dwells in us and gives us gifts and gives us power to do these things. So when Jesus is saying, remain in me, he's not just saying, remain in me, Jesus, but remain in the triune God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. It's a package deal. We abide with Jesus or we remain with Jesus but it's actually, we remain with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. And now this is where it gets a little tricky, right? Because the Trinity, I don't know if you've delved into this recently, it's a little hard to understand sometimes. How can God be three in one? Is it like, like a, a circle cut into three parts? Well, no, because they're all equal. Is it like, you know, some of the analogies of like water? that water can be steam, liquid, and frozen, or all of these different things. And, and yes, some of those things are helpful, but the reality is, is all of those, there's fancy words for them. You can look it up. Um, modalism, partialism, all of these things that sort of limit what we understand as the Trinity. And in fact, some of you might know that in the church, we often read this thing called the Apostles' Creed. It talks about what we believe. And then there's this other creed called the Nicene Creed, which talks about who we believe Jesus to be. And the Holy Spirit has a creed, um, that we don't often read in church because it's very long and very confusing. It's called the Athanasian Creed. Uh, I encourage you to look it up if you're very curious, but I'm not going to read it for us today because it's very long and very confusing. I'm just going to be honest with you. Theologically, the Trinity is a nightmare. Okay? But now, as I said, the Trinity has been coming up a lot in my life, and one of those ways it's been coming up is in my son's children's Bible. And we read Bible stories every night before we go to bed. And in the, the, the creation story, the beginning of the Bible starts out with talking about the Trinity. Like we read when God says, let us make man in our image in Genesis. The, my son's children Bible starts this way. And so actually, instead of reading the Athanasian Creed, I'm going to read, from you, read for you from a children's Bible to help us understand the Trinity, okay? Because if we can't get this, then we're hopeless. Okay. So, this is what it says. In the beginning, there was God, just God, nothing else. You might think he was lonely in all that nothingness, but God wasn't lonely because God wasn't alone. You see, God is like us in some ways. He thinks, he feels, and he acts. But in other ways, he is very, very different. God is everywhere. He knows everything. He is never wrong, ever. And one other way God is different, and this one is tricky, God is more than one. There is one God, but there are three persons in God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Three persons in one God. I told you it was tricky. 
And this is why God isn't lonely, because he wasn't alone. There is love within God. There is friendship within God. There is family within God. I love that description. See, when we think about abiding in Christ, remaining with Jesus, when we think about our future going forward, one of the things we need to understand is that our God in and of himself is a community, three in one. There is unity, there is togetherness, there is family. And as many of us know, family is really hard sometimes, isn't it? Family can be really difficult sometimes. Because as it says, we're like God. We think and we feel and we act. And sometimes people hurt our feelings. Sometimes people do things we don't agree with. Sometimes people say things we think are wrong. But one of the things we have to remember is that in the same way before creation, our God was not alone. In the same way, I would encourage you all to remember that even though, whether it's this situation or another situation you're, you're going through in life, you are not alone. We are not alone. Whatever you're thinking, whatever you're feeling, you're not alone in that. That you and I, as, as brothers and sisters in Christ, as a church, we need to rely on one another. We need community in this life because our God is community. We cannot disconnect from the vine. We cannot disconnect from each other. And one of the things we need to realize is this idea of the Trinity is a mystery. It's hard to wrap our brains around sometimes. But it's also what sets us apart. That our God is so good that he would give us the gift of the Holy Spirit, his very self, to walk through life with us. Friends, this is why we commit to community. This is why we commit to friends. This is why we commit to living life with one another, even when it drives us crazy. And I don't know about you, but I honestly think this. The reason I haven't abandoned the church, I don't know, some of you might know this, every time I worked as a church from when I was like 21 to 23, and then I left the church and said, I'm done with that. I'm never going back to the church. And then I worked from a church from when I was about 25 till I was about 30, and I said, ah, I'm done with that. I'm never going back. And then here I am again working for a church. And the reason I've never abandoned the church and Christian community is because, to be honest with you, I need it too much. I need the church too much. Maybe it's selfish. I don't know about you, but in the church, among relationships with brothers and sisters in Christ, this is where I see and experience the love and the grace and the forgiveness of God. Even though it's messy, even though we argue, even though we may disagree sometimes, which, by the way, we all think we have the answers, which is why we disagree. We all think we know the way things should be done. We all think our perspective is right. We all think that every single problem has one right solution. Um, let me explain and what I mean by this is that oftentimes we want life to be just black and white, right? What's the answer? Right? And sometimes it is. You know, maybe with math class, I don't know. But... Like, the reality is that most of us, in most of our lives, it's not black and white. There's not just one solution. What I mean by this, think about Jesus and his ministry. If life was so black and white and so clear cut that we could just know the right answer from the wrong answer, Jesus would have never went outside. 
Jesus would have sat inside with his disciples. He would have got his disciples and said, you 12, come with me. We're going to sit in a room for 12 years and we're going to drill you, or three years rather. We're going to sit in the room for three years and I'm just going to drill you on right answer, wrong answer. His is right, this is wrong. This is right, this is wrong. But that's not how Jesus taught his disciples, is it? That's not what Jesus did. See, what did Jesus do? Jesus went out into the world with his disciples and got messy with people. He was with sinners and he was with people who thought they were saints. He was with broken people. He was with people who were super religious. He was with people who were strong and confident. He was with people who had no confidence and were overwhelmed by shame and guilt. And Jesus took his disciples out into the world and he said to them, this is where we experience the kingdom of God with one another living life together. And sometimes it's messy and sometimes it's hard and sometimes people get mad at you. But as we've been talking about in Acts for the last months about the Holy Spirit, today we celebrate Pentecost, the coming of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is an experiential teacher. We learn by experiencing and living in community together. And so let me just remind you, your experiences, your emotions, your feelings in this moment, they matter and they're okay. But we also need to be brave enough to share these feelings and these thoughts and these emotions with one another. We need to be able to give grace to people we disagree with. We need to give forgiveness to those people we argue with. We need to remain in Jesus as he is the vine and we are the branch to continue on in his life and teaching. We need to remain in the community of God as we remain with Jesus, and that is Jesus, God, and the Spirit. Friends, when I think about being a Christian, it would be really easy if we could just do this alone, wouldn't it? I'm just going to be a Christian on my own. But we can't. The very essence of our faith is community. We need community because our God is a community within himself. Part of this is to express and love each other in these ways. Because I believe in the Trinity, because you and I as Christians, for those who identify as Christians, we believe God in three persons manifests himself through the church, through you and I. That God, when we remain in him, as a branch to a vine, we bear fruit, and that fruit would therefore bring Christ and bring God and bring the Holy Spirit to the world. The way you carry yourself in community reveals the power of God, our three-in-one triune God, to one another. Think about that. How you live your life, how you carry yourself in community, reflects to others the power and the nature of God. That is why we must remain in Christ. That is why we remain in church and in the Trinity together. Because if we don't remain in Christ, if we do not abide in Christ as he teaches here, both individually and in our community, if we let our emotions go outward from us in a place that does not reflect the Trinity and the power of God, then where are we going? If we allow our emotions to take us to places other than the teachings of Jesus Christ, then we're entering a place without God. We're like a branch that has indeed become disconnected from the vine. If you think about it like this, we become people who want to be heard rather than other people to hear God in us. We become people who want to be seen 
rather than wanting people to see Jesus in us. If we abandon church community and do not remain in Jesus Christ, we become people who want our gifts to be known rather than the gifts of God given to us. And see, friends, this is also why we had, I had the Genesis 1 passage read from the Old Testament, that we were made in God's image. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. We reflect all of these things to one another. We reflect these things, not just to one another within the church, but also into the very world we live in. So for us tonight, let me just ask the question. Are you remaining in the vine? Feel your feelings. Share your feelings. Live in those. Be honest about where you are, but then be honest about going forward and think, am I remaining in Jesus Christ the vine? We're entering a new season in the life of our church, and that is okay. But let me just encourage us all together. If we want to bear fruit, we need to remain with Jesus. And I would argue that to understand what that truly means is that we should be mirroring God to one another, the grace and the love and the forgiveness and generosity of our God. And you know what it means? It means being in community because our God is a community. I don't know how many of you have ever tried to do life alone. I have. <laughs> I could tell you the stories, but let me just tell you, it didn't end well. And my encouragement for you and for me and for all of us is that we go forward together into this next season of life, wherever God may take us. Because we don't go forward with just you and I, we go forward with the very power of the triune God with us. And I find that to be very encouraging. Would you pray with me? Lord, thank you. Thank you not only that Christ has promised he will be with us, but that you have sent the Holy Spirit to give us wisdom, to teach us the meaning of the scriptures, to give us gifts. Lord, thank you so much for expressing the importance of community in yourself. And so, God, as we go forward, may we find sisters and brothers in Christ to rely on, in times that are uncertain, may we trust in one another. In times when we feel like you are distant, may we see you in our brothers and sisters in Christ. Lord, thank you for the Trinity. We confess that it is often confusing, but Lord, thank you for its comfort. I pray that we would seek and experience you more and more. God, that we would pray in your name, pray in the name of the Son, pray in the name of the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit would reveal to us the meaning of your scriptures and that we would rest in the love and forgiveness of Jesus Christ and the power of God the Father. Lord, thank you. Thank you for all of these things. May we live in faith alongside one another, bearing with one another in love as we go forward in this life. And we pray this all in Christ's name. Amen. I want to invite our musicians to come back up, and they're going to lead us in uh, another time of music. You're invited to sit, stand, whatever you like. Um, but let's worship God together.